This is episode number 141, Finding the Most Joy in Life with Jessica Dugas. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to our upcoming Courageous Conversation. This is a conversation that takes place every single Saturday from 9 a.m. Central Time to 10 p.m. Central Time, where an open discussion takes place about relevant life topics in a space where you can connect to others and yourself. You're welcome to contribute as you wish, whether that means listening or sharing. This weekly conversation is designed to create a safe and supportive community where you can develop new perspectives about life and your individual journey. For more information about these particular conversations, please send us a message through our website to which we'll respond with all the details about where it takes place and how it all happens. Now, let's get back to the show. How can we experience the most joy we can in life? Jessica discusses ways in which she has altered her mindset in order to pursue joy even in the little things and how she wants to help others have more joy in their lives as well. The way we choose to react to things can have a huge impact on the direction our lives go, and Jessica explains how these choices can help us find the assets in our suffering and learn how to get through difficult times without having to suffer. In finding the bright spots to pursue, we can turn our dark times into more meaningful experiences to grow from. Without further ado, please welcome Jessica Dugas. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. No, thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance to be on your show a couple of weeks ago. And I remember the conversation that you and I were having about different breakthrough moments and purpose and meaning. And I felt that it was needed to have a similar conversation with you around similar topics on our show. But before we get into this larger topic and theme that we chose, I want to give you a chance to briefly introduce yourself to the audience, and that is by answering the question of who are you? Who am I? I feel like that's a complicated question when someone asks me that because I think I've worn a lot of um, worn a lot of hats throughout my life, as many of us have, and um, I'll just kind of break it down, I guess, for everybody that's listening into the most simple way that I can. Um, at the end of the day, outside of my business and whatnot, I'm a homeschooling mom of six children. I'm a wife. Um, I and I and in my own personal life, I have a lot of passions, and some of those passions I've turned into um, into my business, and that's being an inspirational entertainer and a mentor for other people to help them live with less stress and more joy in their lives. And I think that that's something that's so important, and that we don't 
always stop and sit down and take stock of. We don't say, you know, am I really experiencing the most joy that I can in my life right now? And when we take the time to do that, um, which again, I said is, I feel like it's so important. Um, we can really change our lives and, and see that so much more is possible than mm -hmm. we realize. So that's what I enjoy doing for other people. And I do that in many ways. I have a community that I run um, called Soul Connection Collective. And um, I've also been an author. Um, I, I sing uh, fun songs for people sometimes, which is amusing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and I'm a Reiki master. I do a lot of different things. I also host, as you mentioned, um, two podcasts of my own. One is The Breakthrough Show, um, which is a talk show. It's the one that uh, Oleg was on, which was amazing. And it's a personal development style talk show that we talk about breakthrough moments that people have been through that have changed their lives. And then my other one is a solo podcast called the Project Joy Podcast, which is just short stories every Monday morning to start your week on a high vibe note. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm passionate about, just helping people um, have more joy in their lives. And who doesn't need more of that? Yeah, I find it fascinating how people will start different projects or pursue different things that they want to achieve within their lives based on things that are missing within theirs. Right. And so I think the different businesses and things like that, that we have are always expression of who we are. And ultimately I think it boils down to not for all, but for some of us based on something that was missing mm. and, and then finding purpose and meaning within these experiences to kind of fulfill those gaps and become, I guess, more whole as part of that process. So I'm curious to know, based on a lot of the things that you described, as far as what you do and how you operate within this life, what was missing for you that triggered the thought of, hey, I need to create this because without it, I'm going to have this hole within my life that I don't know how I'm going to fulfill. It was absolutely the lack of joy or living, living with, I, I guess you could say intentional or purposeful joy in my life. Um, when uh, about 10 years ago, so in 2010, my brother Adam passed away and he was four years younger than me. Um, so he was 24 at the time. I was 28. And um, it was very quick. Uh, he, he had cancer. So we knew that he was not well, but um, even so my grandfather had passed away and we drove from Alabama to Connecticut where they lived. Um, and my brother at the time was in ICU and two hours after my grandfather's funeral, my brother passed away. Mm. When we had gotten up there, they were still telling us he'll be fine. Um, mm -hmm. They were still telling us there was hope. They were still telling us that everything was going to work out, that there was still more that they could do. And don't worry, he's a fighter. And, and that's not the, the direction that it went. Um, so I'm, I'm so thankful looking back now that we were up there for my grandfather's funeral because I got to spend the last three days with my brother. Um, but when, when he died, and I think many people have had this experience before, where when they lose a loved one at a really young age, it kind of, it has the opportunity to shove you into a space of perspective. And that's what happened to me where all of a sudden I was like, what am I doing with my life? Who am I? Um, 
it, it showed me how many masks I've been wearing in my entire life, just trying to keep it together. Mother of the year, wife of the year, you know, uh, best housekeeper, which that one's a real big joke. People who know me, <laughs> <laughs> people who know me know that I'm a hot mess. So, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it, it really overall the biggest awareness that I had was that I was just going through the motions every single day doing what I thought that I was supposed to be doing which in essence was what everybody else wanted me to do not anything that made me happy or um, brought me joy and and it was a wake-up call it was a I've got to get my life together and that has included over the last 10 years so many different things from how am I spending my time to how am I treating my body to um, finding joy in the little things, mm -hmm. taking time to enjoy moments with my kids that, I mean, it's sad for me to look back and not be able to remember moments with my kids because I was just floating through. I was just going through the motions every single day. And so really being, like I said, intentional and purposeful about finding the joy in my life. And then I thought, well, gosh, if I could do it from the space that I was in at that time, which was not a good one, um, thinking about ending my own life, thinking about my kids and everybody else in the world would be better off without me. Um, if, if I can do it from that space, then I want other people to be able to do it from that space. And that's how it brought me forward from there. Mm -hmm. You bring up an interesting topic and it's not directly related to the one that you and I chose of as mm -hmm. far as purpose and meaning, but I've been very curious about this concept of survival. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I remember a friend of mine on Saturday, I believe, had asked me the question of what does survival mean to you? And the first thought was based on the experiences that I had when I was younger and that is survival. It's the physical act of overcoming a difficulty or a challenge, finding the basic needs, food, shelter, whatever else that was needed. But what I've realized is that my definition now has evolved drastically mm. because now I have this perspective from the younger years that yes, even though those might still be the needs, but I don't have to give my entire attention to those things mm. because I know that I've overcome those things before. Therefore, I can do it again. So it's almost like a 50-50 divide as far as where the attention goes. And the second part of that attention, for me, it goes into growth. And that's I look at survival as an opportunity to grow, to ask myself the questions of how did you get here? What can you do differently moving forward? Mm. And I, I'm curious to know from your end, First, first thought that I had when you mentioned briefly about ending your life, mm -hmm. what changed? Why didn't you do it? What, what came to you that said, hey, there's more to life than what you're experiencing? Mm. Um, I think there's been a few instances and we talked for just a second before we came on to do the podcast today about, mm -hmm. you know, when you realize something, it, it's, we, I, I made a post on my, my social media the other day that said something to the effect of your breakthrough moments don't actually matter. They don't because we all have 
these breakthrough moments or aha moments or moments when things change in our life. It's what we do with them. It's what we, how we choose to move forward. And, um, and it's a really strong thing to say because I think a lot of people, I think automatically assume that when you have these moments that a breakthrough moment consists of the actual moment and the moving forward. But I don't Mm. think so. I think because I think back of moments that I had where um, for example, so what you're talking about, um, my first uh, uh, suicide attempt was at the end of middle school. And um, I, I, don't, I don't even remember why. I just remember feeling really unimportant, um, which doesn't, you know how we think back on things logically later huh. on and go, that doesn't make any sense. But I, but I honor myself in, in what I felt in that moment was real. Um, and I remember writing, um, I'm gonna try real hard not to cry. (laughs) I remember writing a, uh, a note to my teacher, um, at the time, a science teacher that I had in middle school, um, because I, I thought that I, I wanted to not be in this world. And, um, she said something to me, she hugged me at school. And she said something to me. I don't even remember what she said, but then I sat down and I wrote um, her a note and I said, in essence, thank you for saving my life because um, I, I feel important now. I feel like I matter now. And um, that was the moment when she, uh, when I started getting help for depression and anxiety and some of the different things that I was going through at that time. And, but so that was a moment where it was, you would think that, or I would think looking back that that would be like the catalyst moving forward and everything was fine. And I would never think mm-hmm. of killing myself again. And, but that wasn't the case. And it happened again twice in high school and then as an adult as well. Um, and so all of these different things added up to, to these little tiny moments of, of remembering that teacher and remembering, um, certain people in my family who had a profound effect on my life, um, in a positive way. And then remembering the birth of, of each of my children. And then when, as I said, when my brother passed away, it was almost like in a movie when someone sits down and it like has this montage of Mm -hmm. all of these things that have happened in their life and all of the synchronicities and the reasons things happen and people being brought together and moments of triumph and all of these different things. I kid you not, when I, when I walked into the hospital room and I, I made it there right at, literally I walked in the room as he died. That's exactly what happened to me. I fell down into the chair and it was like this montage of my entire life replaying through my Mm. head of all of these different things and reasons that I'm here. And I went, oh my gosh, I've completely, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a blame. It wasn't a, well, you've taken things for granted in your life, Jessica. And it wasn't like that. It was a, it's time to wake up. It's time to, to not just 
recognize that you are important, but you have a job to do girlfriend and it's time to get off your behind and, and actually do it. So it really was a moment for me of recognizing all the little things and all of the moments in my life, my life put together that, that made me wake up and go, this is not happening anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible? So the book that, that I mentioned to you prior to hitting the record button on this, and that is man's search for meaning. There's a question that he poses and he says it in a way it's testing my memory here. It, it's, um, what irreplaceable losses have you experienced to date? And then he follows that up with another question. And he says, can any of those losses be turned into assets moving forward? Mm -hmm. And I found that interesting because I think we both have experienced a lot of loss throughout our lives. And I'm being curious to know from other people, how do they process those losses? Mm. Are, is that things in your case, the things that you had lost in your life, are they irreplaceable or do you choose to look at them through a different lens? Maybe lessons learned, takeaways. How do you, how do you process loss to begin with? What's the meaning within loss for you? Um, I think it's both. I think that a loss can be irreplaceable and we can, we can learn and grow and take from one of the hardest things for me when I lost um, my brother was actually how calm and grounded and uh, how much better my life got after he died. And the reason it was hard is because I look at people, others that were close to him who are in are in an immense state of grief who have not even after 10 years bounced back from from his passing and so it's hard for me to there's many things that i've had to work through in order to sit back and be able to say out loud i'm really good and his passing changed me for the better it doesn't mean i'm happy he died it doesn't mean that that I, I would have wanted him to die in order for me to be able to make a better life for myself. Right. I think that's where we, we make things as humans so black and white where we say, you know, uh, you can't be you can't be happy he died and sad he died for it because I don't think anybody's happy he died, but I'm happy that I was able to take that situation and make a better life for myself because I honestly think that that's what he would have wanted to. He would have, he, I, I have moments now where, you know, something will happen and, uh, I'll, it'll, I'll, I'll do something great in, in my life. And then a song will come on the radio that he, that he loved. And I'll like, see, I knew that you would be proud of me, of, of me for that kind of thing. Um, but I think that like, we all go through grief and, and loss and um, it, we all process it in very different ways, but we have the opportunity to take any loss in our life, whether it's a death or simply a loss of a relationship. Somebody doesn't have to die in order to experience grief or a loss of a situation or a loss of a job or um, 
anything like that, we have the opportunity to learn from it. So I think of loss and grief like any other thing in our life where we can use it as a breakthrough moment. We can use it as a catalyst to change our lives for the better if we choose to do that. I find that very important as far as what you just said, because what it made me think of is that even suffering has meaning. Mm. And I think within the suffering, we can choose to, we can choose the lens through which we observe that particular event or circumstance through. That's one of the things that I think has been important for me to recognize is just the power of choice. I'm a firm believer that you can actually choose not only the life that you envision, but you choose what you believe. And then those beliefs become your goals or visualizations or different things that you strive for. So I I think there's a lot to be said within looking at moments where nothing's going your way, Mm -hmm. but then still being able to identify what's the meaning behind this. What is it here to teach me? What is it here to give me an opportunity to look at differently? And I think that's the beautiful part about just life in general is, is the ability to make that choice, which in my opinion, everyone has. Mm. I think every single one of us has that choice when it comes to life. I think I I like how you said too about, um, you know, when you're talking about suffering, I think that's a, you know, that's a, I I like to look at words. I think that's the homeschool mom and me coming out. (laughs) I like to look at words and meanings and, and, and how those words feel as well. Um, Suffering is a, is a tricky word because I think what I like to ask myself in moments where I feel like I'm suffering is do I have to actually suffer? Um, And asking myself again, going back to the choices that you're talking about, if I make a different choice here, because, you know, some of us may feel like we didn't get to choose the situations or whatever that are handed to us. That's a whole other topic for a different time. But, um, you can, you always have the choice in how you react to it. You can even look at some of the stories that are told. Um, I can't, her name slipping my mind right now, but the one, uh, the one young girl who was kidnapped for a long time and then finally made her way back home. Even in one of her interviews, she said, like people were asking her, how did you get through every single day? And she's like, I just made the choice to find something good in each day to look at and you might people might look at that situation and say you're you were kidnapped and held against your will how could you possibly kind of thing and it's it's that choice it's just simply making that choice and um and that's been my uh my intention every single day since um since adam died is to make make those choices, make the best choices that I can and, and ask myself, like, do you, do you really need to make a drama out of this? Do you really Mm -hmm. need to suffer through this? Or can you make it make the best out of it? Does it mean that every moment's perfect? Of course not. But I can choose to sometimes just laugh through it and, (laughs) you know, make something good out of it. Well, I also think so much of it has to do with your experience with that particular word or concept or whatever it may be. 
the the thing that you pointed out as far as do I have to suffer? I think it just boils down to what's the experience that you're hoping to have. Mm-hmm. And we all face difficult circumstances. I don't think any circumstance is the same. I think there is uniqueness within how it happens. So, and it makes me think of the phrase of um, pain is inevitable and suffering is temporary. Mm-hmm. And that's that kind of puts it in perspective that the cards that we are dealt and these certain experiences that we get to go through and out throughout life, I don't know if we can control them mm. because there's there is a natural flow to life for how certain things happen. And we may never be able to identify how did this happen. Mm. We think that we can by going back and trying to connect the dots, but if you Going even farther, in my opinion, I always hit a wall and the wall becomes, well, I don't know how it got from here to there. Mm. So you only know what you know at any given moment. And that's where I think there is a choice in in the type of experience that you're hoping to have Mm. with anything. Um, I'm a huge believer in questioning the different concepts or even the words. When we talk about the word of survival or suicide or anything like that it's there there's one i guess not necessarily blanket statement but definition that's been around it but it doesn't have to be your own Mm. it could be different based on the different experiences that we had throughout life so i think that's a that's a brilliant way of putting it and it's a great thing to do to always just question or at least that's what i choose to do why why does this exist the way it does or the meaning behind a particular word. And I ask myself, do I, do I believe that? Mm. Do I subscribe to that school of thought? And if not, well, what is my definition to it? Right. Yeah, that's kind of, that's been the, the, one of the beautiful things about homeschooling my kids is that we've been able to explore things like that in a, in a more free way, I guess. Um, you know, at school you learn, you learn a word and the definition and you write it 10 times on the paper, you know, huh. kind of thing where, where now we have the, we have the opportunity at home where to say, okay, write it down, figure it out and see what the dictionary says. Now, how does it make you feel? What mm-hmm. does it mean to you? Um, so that's kind of a, um, I, I feel good about being able to pass that kind of thinking to my children and questioning um, different things in their lives and how it makes them feel as well. Mm-hmm. Based on your experience of interviewing different people of different backgrounds, what would you say are some of the ways that you've noticed people are able to identify meaning and purpose within their life? Oh gosh, I think it's so different for everyone. Um, I think many people like myself and especially in the nature of my show, the breakthrough where we're talking about those pivotal moments in our lives. Um, it's usually a catalyst of something happening, um, to where they discover that. But we've also talked about many times on my show and this carries over from guest to guest is that it's not, just one moment and then your whole life's different from here on out. Um, It's a series of things that happen um, that it's kind of like, 
you have something happen in your life and you, you take one little thing from that, you, you learn it and then you can apply it and then you move forward and something else happens in your life. You still hang on to that little piece that you learned, but now you've learned something else as well. And it's kind of continuing to build up to find what, what your life means to you or what your purpose is and all of that. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest things that I've seen across the board with people is having a really good community of or or circle of people or even someone close to them that encourages them to to go for what feels good. Mm. Um so I think that when we're talking about meaning, life meaning or purpose, um we our ego gets in the way a lot. Of that, I feel like um, I know for me when I was when I was younger, I all I wanted to do was be a singer. That's all I wanted. Um, when I I would look in the mirror, I was the eight year old girl in the mirror practicing my Grammy speech. Um, <laughs> and I, I that was That's just awesome. I, I can still see that in my head doing that. Um, I remember one time uh, my mom will get a kick out of this when she hears this uh, interview. I was practicing. I had a solo at school. And I was practicing in the shower. I was getting ready for the concert. And um, I came out of the bathroom and the bathroom opened up to like the foyer with the stairs that go down. And my mom and the neighbors were standing on the stairs clapping as, as I come out of the bathroom. Um, and But it's little things like that. It's like moments of encouragement that people around you give you to push your ego out of the way and say, yes, this is what my purpose is, or, or yes, this feels really good. Or, or this is what, um, you know, meaning this, this carries meaning in my life. Um, but I, I think that's so important because I think from what I can tell uh, from so many of the guests that have been on my show is that a lot of times we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. We get in our own way and we complicate this thing called purpose and meaning when it really comes down to just what is making you feel really good today and, um, and having amazing people around you that are encouraging you to continue doing those things that are making you feel really good. So I think it's a, it's a combination of a lot of things that I can tell from people, um, those breakthrough moments and doing something with it and feeling really good about the things that you're doing. Um, I know that that's for me, um, with the, with the helping people with joy has been, when I've helped someone, they've said to me, you've really, you've really helped or the moments in my life where I've had more joy and go, gosh, this is absolutely what I need to be doing or an inside feeling or, or other people, like I said, saying, uh, this is what I need in my life and you're helping me with that. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's a, it's a lot of different things. It's my long answer to that question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of the things that stood out to me from what you shared is overcomplicating of the purpose and the meaning in life. I've definitely experienced that many times. And the question that I've pondered on for quite some time is this notion that, in my opinion, we have to do more and be more. Mm. And what I've wondered is that, is that a preconditioned way of thinking? Or is that actually part of this quote unquote larger purpose? that we're supposed to fulfill? Mm. 
I think it, it, I think it can be both. Um, I think some of us are accustomed to uh, the overthinking of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're perfectionists. Maybe as a child, we had super high expectations put, up, put on us and now we have really high expectations for ourselves. Or maybe that's just the way we came into this world. Um, expectation is a huge huge part of this conversation hmm. um just the ex i i when i you know when you ask the question what is an answer you're seeking what is what question are you seeking an answer to and i put how do i fulfill my purpose because i overthink that like every second of every day mm -hmm. um and some moments it feels really good some moments i'm tapped in and i'm like gosh you know i am living my my purpose i'm doing what i want to do but like i said i think for me it's about bringing it back to the moment and how do you feel right now? Because I think our purpose can change over time. Mm -hmm. I think our meaning of, of life and everything can change over time. I know, I know for fact that my purpose right now with six children is way different than it was before I ever had kids. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, I think there's a core thing that I feel. I think that joy thing is something that I've always wanted other people to experience, whether I was, you know, um, singing in the choir or having that solo or playing in the band or, or, or put I would listen, I was nine years old and I was doing these seminars for my grandmother in her living room on, how to, <laughs> on I made pamphlets. Oh, like I made pamphlets <laughs> on how to love yourself. At nine years old, I was doing things and, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know like, <laughs> but I, but I just wanted to like, I don't know. I wanted to feel important and mm -hmm. I wanted to feel like I was making a difference to my grandmother in the living room who like was way more wise about loving yourself than I was at nine, <laughs> nine years old. But it was like just that, that overwhelming feeling. And so I think some of us maybe were born with that innate, I, I have a bigger purpose in this world. So I don't know what it is, but I meant to do something. And so that do more, be more, you know, I think is something that is really heavily at the core of us. And some of us may have that and never figure it out. Never, never feel completely fulfilled in, mm -hmm. in what we're doing. Cause there's always like, I can be guilty of, of the always looking at the next thing. Like, what can I do now? Like right. you know, creating something else. Um, Cause I'm a very creative person in that way. But uh, you know, I, I think I, I don't necessarily, I, I think it's really important for everyone to understand that this idea of having a big purpose or a big plan to your life, that word big is very subjective. It's very per person. Um, and I think it, if I could leave something, gosh, for everybody on this planet, it's that whatever that purpose is for you, whether it's taking care of your kids or running a multi-million dollar company or traveling the world or being a singer on a stage or being a doctor in a hospital 
or simply just being an amazing wife and putting awesome dinner parties on for your husband's company, whatever, listen, whatever, whatever that there is no difference for like, those are all big. Those are all big things. And it's, and, and I think that some of us just have that do more, be more way down inside mm-hmm. and we want to keep doing and, and being and all of that. But gosh, I just what I, I just would want everybody to feel no matter what they're, they're doing like that, that something that you might consider a little thing could be a, could be a big thing and a big reason for you being in this world. And, um, and that could be a huge purpose. You don't know sometimes what, what it could mean to someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's all relative to, I think, who mm-hmm. you are when it comes to that number and the concept of big. One of the things that you actually made me realize through this this conversation is that this notion of purpose, it doesn't have to be tangible in order for you to have purpose. You don't have to be able to say, hey, my purpose is to impact a million lives. Your purpose could literally be my purpose is to impact people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, in my opinion, overcomplicates this notion of purpose is that if I don't give you a tangible answer, something you can grasp, right. well, then I don't appear to have purpose. And that's not true. Right. And I think that's, the pro- that's one of the challenges of having spaces like we do is that we oftentimes get asked this question, well, how many people are you hoping to impact? And I remember I was having this conversation with a friend of mine in the last week and I, he had asked me, he said, what's your goal for this group? And I remember I said, I just want this to be a space where people can connect, better understand themselves, better understand others. And then I mentioned to him how I wanted to impact um, a million people. And then through that conversation, what I realized was that it's not that I'm, tr- I mean, I'm certainly not going to count the number, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's the reason why I chose that number is the energy that it carries with it. Mm. And I think that's the thing that's important for each and every one of us, in my opinion, is to identify that pers- purpose for yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be accompanied by a number. It's just right. whatever helps you bring that out. For me, that number helps me bring out that energy to people mm. and whether or not I'm actually going to hit it on the dot, I have no way of knowing. And I think it would be a very tedious process to keep track of it. <laughs> Could you imagine 1001, a spreadsheet for that? <laughs> it's just not, it's not even, it, I think that's a waste of time is doing yeah. something like that. Yeah. Because it actually, you, you lose so much in the process. Cause the other thing is this, you could be speaking in front of a thousand people. How do you know how many you actually impacted? Right, right. And you, the impact that you might have had may appear 20 years down the road. Yeah. It may appear when you're gone. Yeah. The, the coaching world is very numbers focused um, as far as like uh, when you, when you have coaches come in, coaches for coaches that come in and say, well, how many people do you want to impact? Or what, what's your, what's your game plan here? What's your numbers? People don't generally like the answer that I give when they ask me what I do, because I like my, I feel very 
strongly that my purpose is to simply help people live with more joy. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means, I should say, I don't know when I'll be done. Yeah. I, I don't know. Probably if, not. Probably never. Right. And it just, for me, it just kind of changes. It's like a chameleon. It just changes what it looks like right now. It's through, through my shows that I do. Um, and I'm working on another book and things like that. And later on, it might be something else. Um, I don't know. My, my oldest is about to graduate high school. So now I'm getting into that. You know, what, what will I do when they're, when they're not here? I have no idea. Watch out because (laughs) more time then. Um, But it's, it's a, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be done. I don't know what it's going to look like today. I don't know how somebody asked me, how do you know, how will you know when the, when you've, you've reached a, when the breakthrough show is successful? I, I don't, until I stop getting those messages of people telling me that the shows are helping them. Yeah. I, I can't tell you. And you mean at that point when you don't receive them, it doesn't mean that it's not successful. Right. Right. Because like you said, you know, in a room, I hear all these people talking about, that was the other thing I wanted to say about the numbers, you know, talking about having a mailing list of 50,000 people or a hundred thousand people. How many of those people open it? And then after they open it, how many of those people actually read it? And then out of those people that read it, how many people are retaining it? And after they retain it, how many people actually have take, taken it to heart and done something with it? That's, to me, that's where beyond numbers, it's, it's about, you know, you're, you're, for those people that feel like I just have this deep purpose to change the world in whatever way they are, it's, it's those it's those little numbers. It's those little numbers that matter of the people that are really like changing their lives because of the things that you're putting out there. Yeah. And I think the other thing to take it a step farther that I've realized throughout this journey is that what stood out to me and is kind of the core or at the core of who I am is that if you want to change the world, change yourself first. Mm, Yeah. Because you're also operating in the world of your own. And I think that's the thing that we sometimes forget is that we, in changing the world, we have to change the lives of everyone in this world. But in reality, everyone's operating in their own reality. Mm. I have my worldview just like you have your worldview. And even though you and I might be looking at the same thing, we're going to have 10 different perspectives. Right. So that's what I've learned is that in, in any work, what I'm choosing to do is I'm looking at it from the point of how is this going to change me? And then I also have understood the fact that we as people are much more similar than we think we are. So that if I'm focusing on myself and I'm focusing on the growth and not the numbers, there's bound to be other people that come on this journey. There's bound to be other people that ask questions. There's bound to be other people that engage with it. And that's, that, I think that's the thing that sometimes gets lost in translation or wherever is that the focus becomes, oh, I have to change this person's world, when in reality, you're not changing your own. So I think the question I always ask is, if that's the approach that we take, then how do you understand what change you're making? Mm. Because the person that you're quote unquote trying to change may not even have the language to fully express to you the impact that you had in their lives. Mm. So what change did you make? Right. 
So I think there's a lot to be said about leading from within. Mm. Not just certain things, but in my opinion, all things. Right. People yeah, are going to relate to a, that. That's been a huge, um, I get you, you could call it a, a moral standpoint, a, um, a mission in my own. I don't, I don't teach, I don't mentor, I don't share about anything that I haven't done myself. And there's a lot of people that, that have argued with me on this point about, um, you know, I truly believe that you should that, that a person would be so much more impactful if they were leading from a space of, I have been there, I have done that, I have experienced that. Um, and it's not to make everybody cookie cutter and say, you know, this is the way that it's done. Right. It's simply just having had that experience. There's amazing camaraderie that happens there um, when you can say, you know, hey, I love the way you're doing that. I've been, I did it differently, but I've been there. And so I get it, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of thing. And so I just don't, I don't, if I didn't love sto- telling stories, I wouldn't do a podcast telling stories. Um, if I didn't, uh, you know, if I didn't believe in um, energy work uh, like Reiki and, and things like that, I wouldn't be a Reiki master, you know? Um, so it's, that's just the space that I operate from is uh, I only do the things that, that I believe in and I've experienced because I think that's, for me, that's acting on integrity. Yeah. And I think it's one of the only ways to truly know whether that thing worked, works or not. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going based off of someone else's experience and right. you don't know. If mm. or or the the other thing is you don't know what truly worked out of that experience. Because I may tell you, oh, just do X, Y, and Z, but there might be something hidden that I haven't even discovered that has right. helped me get to where I am. Right. Absolutely. What is the best way that people can get in touch with your work and your community, the podcast and different things that you're doing? Um, best easiest way is probably to go to jessicadugas.com. Um, I links to all my social media links to all my shows. It's like the little hub for <laughs> a million things. whatever I'm doing in the moment. That's, that's where you can find it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your experience. It certainly was a joy for me to hear all of these perspectives around meaning and how we can identify it within our own lives and live a more meaningful and fulfilling life. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always nice to have somebody on my show and then, um, then be able to tell a little bit about, about my story too, which is good. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Google, or Facebook so more people can get in touch with these inspiring stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.